All right. So yeah, it's World Toilet Day. Woohoo! What's as I, I said, I am flushed with excitement. Uh, ha, 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 ha. This is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Flurry, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. Uh, my name is Rob Minot. And no, say it isn't so. It's so. Alrighty then. Uh, joining me is Mr. Ryan Flurry. Howdy. Uh, Steve Barkley is not here yet. He's working. But uh, he will be here a little later on. And uh, what are we doing today, Ryan? Today we're talking with Albert Ruel, who is the coordinator of the Getting Together with Technology program for the Canadian Council of the Blind. Uh, yeah, and what are we talking to him about? He's an IRA explorer, so he's actually subscribed to the service and has been using it, and we're going to get his experiences. Ah, cool. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. about time we actually talk to somebody who's actually on the ground using the thing. Absolutely. You know, you, you know, you, we've, we've listened to a lot of the, the marketing materials about it, and um, you know, heard a lot of secondhand experiences uh, about it, but uh, it'll be cool to actually like talk to an actual subscriber who's been using it for a while. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. You know, there's a lot of people wanting to know more information about it. We all keep seeing the headlines, but now we have word of mouth. Exactly. Uh, hey, but first, you know what? What? Let's uh, let's do some news. <laughs> All right, first news story. Cancer patient's wife says Calgary Transit Disability Access demands are humiliating. And this headline kind of caught me off guard. Well, the headline, not so much, but the word humiliating. And in the article, she goes on to say it was demeaning. And... All right, well, let me, let me set this up. Okay, so... All right. Demands by Calgary Transit Access to once again prove a disability to requalify for a specialized bus service are demeaning, says the wife of a city senior who lost his leg to cancer. Diana McCall says her husband, Miles, whose leg was amputated in, in January 2017, notes that he's been using Calgary's transit pickup service for more than a year since then and has provided a doctor's letter to qualify for it. In September, however, the couple received a letter informing them his access to the shared ride service would end January 14th unless they attended an eligibility interview. Now, that's bizarre because wouldn't they have attended the eligibility meeting when he first applied for this disability transit access program to find out if he's eligible in the first place? You would think so. Um, Because you have to go in and apply. They don't just hand it out. Well, that's an interesting way you say that because the 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 Calgary Transit's side of the story uh, is a little farther down, and they say uh, while McCall does not need to renew his eligibility prior to the cutoff date, the couple has misunderstood the requirements. We need to get a photo identification, not of their disability, but their face, so the driver gets a visual 
who they're picking up, he said. Right. He said McCall's type of case would fall under the no interview category where the service was first set up through a Calgary hospital, but now requires a qualification meeting. So that sounds like there's okay. there's two aspects to right. this. Uh, honestly, I like I don't know. I, I think this is a lot of uh, a bluster and not much meat to the story. You know, at the, the 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 long and the short of it is, you know, the way that I see it is that you know, op, transit, you need to jump through some of these hoops, uh, and that's just the, yes. sort of the 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 way of bureaucracy. Um, it doesn't sound like that Calgary Transit's being unreasonable. Um, well, it sounds like there was some mis- you know, misinterpreted communication. Yeah. You know, the wife had assumed that they wanted a picture of his prosthetic leg. And Calgary Transit's coming back saying, no, you know, we need a picture of his face so the driver can identify him. You know, so it's a he said, she said type story. Well, and also they don't understand, you know, the, the fact that the hospital set it up initially. And right. then, you know, it's, there's another ju- hoop to jump through. You know, maybe it wasn't communicated with them. Um, You know, I think that at the end of the day, the the biggest sin is just, you know, miscommunication and and not communicating well. And that's typical of of any bureaucracy or any any trans any city transit system. Let's be honest. Yeah. And I do think that, you know, somebody like this gentleman with a prosthetic leg, once he attends this interview meeting or this acceptance meeting, whatever it's called. He should never have to do it again. His well, leg's not going to heal itself and grow back. You know, he shouldn't have to do this again. You know, I'm totally blind. I have to reapply for a disabled parking pass every three to five years. Right. M- my eyes aren't going to come back. You know, why do I need to do that? I think there needs well, to be some some new guidelines, I, but I don't know where you draw yeah, that no, line. But, but you know, honestly, like I disagree with that. I mean, I like look. It's it's a it's a bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they need to sort of money, money, money. St- no, it's not about <laughs> money, money, money necessarily. It's but it's but it's about you know the paperwork. They have to they have to keep things on track, and sometimes you gotta you know re up your yeah your uh, paperwork, and that's just you know it, honestly going into one meeting or filling out you know a couple sets of forms every three to five years to get these services. I don't think is you know is asking too much. That's my I, opinion, anyways. I guess it really depends. You know, if we if you read the entire story of this of this gentleman, he's unable to to climb stairs. He has you know some cognitive you know disabilities as well. So it's more than just a prosthetic leg. So if he was living on his own independently, it might be a little bit more difficult to get in and get these forms filled out. Not to say impossible, but it may be more difficult. So it's it's you know one. What's the word? You know, one broad stroke doesn't encompass all people with disabilities, well, right? No, and you know, it sounds like the 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 biggest point of contention is that they don't want to have to go into right. a physical interview, yeah, uh, because it's it's a big deal for them to obviously to to get around and and to make it all the way down there. Um, I think is is really the. The biggest problem because he's not really super mobile. Well, then let's use you know technology that's available today, like FaceTime, Skype. Yeah, oh, you'd think Hangouts, so. You think you know? so, but but honestly, like it, you know, and it's hard to say because whenever one of these these stories hits the media, you know, mm. transit's going to act a very different <laughs> way as if you know behind closed doors yeah. they may not have been nearly this accommodating. Right. Um, so who knows? Well, let's go into the next story because that one gets interesting as well. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think that these stories are good to come out. I, I think that uh, yeah. it's always positive when um, issues like this, you know, get brought to the forefront, even if 
at the end of the day, I think that this is just a, a, a case of misunderstanding and that both sides can just maybe give a little and, you know, everybody can get what they need um, without too much effort. So um, sounds good to me. I, I don't know what uh, they'll work it out. So uh, I don't know. I guess we'll have to we'll we'll keep our eyes peeled and see if there's any more to this story uh, down the road. But uh, but hey, there's something else going on in Toronto, too. There is. This is this, a Canadian week. Yeah, so this is a big one too. This is another uh, social media. <laughs> well, it shouldn't have gotten big, but it did. <laughs> so, uh, headline is accessibility debate heats up on Toronto restaurants Instagram page. Now, just to f- fill in a little bit here, I I did try to find this restaurant's Instagram feed uh-huh. to find out what social media was ranting about, and I couldn't find it. Oh, really? I found his page, but it was talking about menus and their hours and stuff like that. Yeah, so well, I must have been be. in the wrong place, but I'll let you fill in the story. Sure. Details. Well, it, uh, it's, uh, the controversy is around a restaurant called Sugo uh, in Toronto. And uh, basically what happened is a, a fellow named Chris Stigas. Who's in a wheelchair, I believe. Who, who is in a wheelchair. He basically just posted to Sugo's Instagram page asking, are you guys wheelchair accessible? Yep. Honest question. You know I don't see any problem with that. Yep. Uh, the restaurant came back, said, uh, no, not really. We've had a couple of chairs in, but we have a step and it's a very small place. And there's steps leading into their bathroom as well. Yes. And which then generated apparently an avalanche <laughs> of Instagram comments uh, of people um, saying that. Uh, Slamming the restaurant, saying that by law, they, they have to be accessible. That's right. Now here's and here's where things <laughs> here's, here's where things fell here's apart. where the restaurant made their their fatal mistake is yeah. they started arguing with uh, the people on the internet. You never want to argue with people nope. on the internet, BTW. <laughs> uh, but uh, they came back and said, "Yeah, actually, no, we're not we're not required to to be uh, accessible." And uh, it, that just got the internet fired up even more, and uh, just a huge uh, bit of a flame war course the media got a hold of it you know people online hiding behind their computers can be so quick to start throwing judgments around without doing any research whatsoever you know so it's easy to be a bully when you're sitting behind a computer okay well i don't see i don't know i don't know if i quite see it like that i don't think i don't know that that these i'm not saying the restaurant owner was was right in the way he treated this but well, yeah, yeah, I have a couple. I have a couple different opinions. I mean, <clears throat> on the one hand, yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't think that it deserved the the restaurant necessarily deserved to be flamed. But at the, at the same time, I don't. I, I think that we we should call out lack of accessibility where we can. Now, it's not. You're. It's right. It's not the restaurant's fault. He he isn't legally obligated to have an accessible space. Well, how many spaces? If now, I don't. Now, I, I don't agree with that policy in general because I, I happen to think that all public spaces should be accessible. Right, but if you're, let's say, you're you're somebody interested in looking for office space, you know, you find an office space. It's in a great location. Probably the last thing in your mind is, can I get a wheelchair in here? You're not thinking about accessibility, and you know that building might have been built in the 1980s when accessibility wasn't at the forefront of people's minds. So right off the bat, you're not accessible. 
and it's going to take money to become accessible. Not to say business owners shouldn't be investing in accessibility. They should be. Well, that's, yeah, and that's, okay, and this is where, yeah, this is is where the problem lies Um, because should... Should small business owners, because, you know, there is a, the, you know, there's, there's video attached to this article mm-hmm. and, and I watched the, uh, yep. the news piece on it and it was interesting, you know, they talked to the, to the restaurant owner and he's a small, you know, he's a young guy, he's a small restaurant business owner, just trying to, to do his best, you know, should he have to spend money making his space accessible? Um, the answer to that right or wrong at the moment, legally, is no. Right. He, he's definitely not on the hook. Um, you know, would it be a good idea? Maybe. You know, I, I mean, having a, an accessible restaurant only makes your business better. It allows more consumers to take advantage of what you're offering. Absolutely. Now, and I, and I, there was footage of inside the restaurant and of these steps, mm-hmm. Ryan. And let me tell you, it's literally one step into the re- like literally. It would probably take $50 worth of materials from Home Depot. Well, that's what the guy said in the news article attached to the To build a ramp. It's one step. It's not not like this thing is at the top of like 50 steps. Right. It's literally one step into the restaurant and the bathroom inside, same thing. It's literally one step. So that's what the reporter in the video said. There are economical and even free ways to make accommodations. You know, not necessarily, you know, re-tearing down walls and, and putting new walls up and open, widening door spaces and stuff like that. But there are things business owners can do to make accommodations. Well, and here's the here's the problem with this particular restaurant, though. And I've I've been in restaurants like this here. Um, you know, it's it's a it is a small space. Mm-hmm. And the way that they've got the tables, there is literally no space between that you could you could get a chair. Right in between the way that they have the table set up. So in order to make that space accessible, it would cost him money because he would have to take out a couple tables out of that restaurant, which means, you know, less tables means less people Mm -hmm. being able to be, you know, seated per hour. You know, that's going to hurt his bottom line just to make that space accessible. So, you know, I I do feel for the guy. Absolutely. Um, And he did agree to meet. With, with the guy who made the initial request. Oh, he did. You know, he offered so. to make him a plate of pasta and send it to him. Well, I mean, he, he you know, did agree he, to meet with him as well and talk about it. You so. know, I think that the at the end of the day, again, it's, you know, it's social media. It's just, it's just such a, uh, it's it such can a be battle, very bitter. It's such a battleground. And, and sometimes it, it's to, to the detriment of the actual cause because well, it, think, it, it makes people feel like accessibility is, is a negative thing. It's like, oh God, you know, someone's going to be screaming at me to make my space accessible. And it's a very negative, becomes a, a, a bit of a negative experience and it shouldn't be. It should be a conversation about, look, let's, let's try to accommodate um, everybody in these public spaces. I, I don't know if anybody commented on it, but further down in that news article, they talk about half of the subway stations in Toronto aren't accessible. So who's got more money to, to oh, incorporate accessibility into their infrastructure? The Toronto City and their SkyTrain system or this one-man restaurant be? who's a chef and a cook? See, that's crazy. Like, who, who, who are we screaming at or who should we be screaming at? Half the SkyTrain stations in Toronto aren't accessible. Some don't have elevators. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, come on, right. let's leave the business owner alone, the little restaurant guy who's trying to make a living. And let's go after the city who's 
who's accumulating billions of dollars, tax dollars every year on building new roads and infrastructure. And let's focus on where the focus needs to be. Let's, let's yeah. get our priorities straight. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I mean, and again, you know, the reason why I love seeing stories like this is because it's bringing the the, dis, the accessibility conversation to the forefront. Yeah. Um, you know, people need to be aware that that accessibility is is a big deal. Like, just think about being in a chair and being like, okay, well, I want to go out for dinner, but I don't even know where I can go. I don't, you know, when I when I pick a restaurant, I have to like mm-hmm. go through all these hoops to figure out, okay, is it accessible? How do I get there? Can I? Is it on? Can it? I can get I, there? Can I get there? Is yeah. is is it going to take me through us? You know, uh, a transit station that actually isn't even accessible. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many of these um, problems that that people with mobility issues have to face on a daily basis because, you know, the city doesn't have their their shit together in in making making public spaces accessible in it. That needs to be a priority. And maybe you know, uh, and we'll have to get somebody on to talk about this. But maybe the whole Disability Act in Canada, you know, encompasses some of that. You know, I'll have to do a little digging and see if we can get somebody on because I would I would hope that some of that you know infrastructure isn't is, is going to be in place in this Disabilities Act. You know, Ontario I, I has one. So. I'm not sure what what it includes. Um, but I think there was a mention in that news article about somebody mentioned that they don't think it's realistic to have all places accessible by 2025 and I don't know what that was referencing if that was referencing the Disabilities Act or if it was something else but there was reference to that and you can edit this part out if you want mm-hmm. um, but it'll be interesting that's my plan for next year yeah well yeah you know it really is it's there's no easy answer to it because you know like I said I do you know you know, I feel for small business owners, um, you know, making your space accessible, it can cost you a lot, both, you know, an initial investment and, you know, in the case of this restaurant, you know, their, their, their bottom line, their, how much they're able to generate per hour, because if they have to pull tables out mm-hmm. to make, you know, the space accessible, that's ac- accessible, fewer that's, customers. it's going to be fewer customers and, and it's going to be, you know, it's, it's going to hurt them. Just to throw another quick story in, uh, I don't know if you saw this last week, but there's a um, strip mall in Surrey who, uh, one of the business owners in that strip mall, is wanting to remove their wheelchair ramp to make room for a couple more parking spots. Really? I did not hear this. Yeah. And he asked, he he can't just remove the ramp, which he was planning to do. He actually has to apply to the city to have, you know, and make an argument to have that ramp removed and allow for more parking spots. So, you know, there are things people need to do and can do um, and are required to do. You can't just, you know, rip out a ramp and, you know, make more parking spots. There's, there's a system in place that needs to be followed, a procedure in place. And, you know, we'll keep an eye on that one as well because you know, the city may come back and say, well, no. No, accessibility is huge. We, we want to be inclusive to everybody. So, no, we're not going to put in two more parking spots. Yeah, We're going to keep the ramp. So. You know, accessibility is a hot topic and it's going to continue to be. Yeah, I, I guess, but it just, it shouldn't be a hot topic. That's the thing. It shouldn't be a controversial topic. It should be like, hello, just like, just this do is, it. It's something that yeah. needs to happen. Like, sorry, sorry if it's inconvenient, but yeah. 
you know what? So is being in a chair. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, honestly, like, it's, we need to, to accommodate everybody. Sorry, but that's just what needs to happen. And there's going to be some growing pains as we, as we grow into it. But, yeah. you know, my vision of utopia isn't going to be easy to get to. Sorry, but... <laughs> Okay, well, before we get to Albert, let's uh, have a little quick commercial message. Canadian Assistive Technology, let's talk about that. Yeah, that's a great company. Yep. Um, uh, love those guys. Where, where you, the heck? Yeah, where would what, you find those guys? Well, all of them are in this room right now. That's true. Yeah. That's right. If a meteor hit this house, <laughs> that would be it. Boom goes Canadian Assistive Technologies. Well, we really all shouldn't be at the same place at the same time. I'm just saying. Yeah. Canadian Assistive Technologies, that's that uh, company that specializes in accessibility, including stuff for low vision and blindness, physical di disabilities, all kinds of neat gadgetry. Uh, that can be found at www.canastech.com. That's spelled exactly the way you'd think it would be. And uh, Canadian... Canadian, and others? No. no, it's Canadian Assistive Technology. No, right? no he's going to say no, Chaos Technical <laughs> Services. You think he was going to say that? I think so. I, I bet. You know, you're probably mind. right. You're probably right on that. <laughs> so that, that Chaos Technical Services then, uh, that uh, that's those guys who repair stuff. Yeah, that would be Mr. Rick Champ. They mm -hmm. fix things. And anything that's assistive technology and broke should go to those guys, and they can be found at chaostechnicalservices.com which honestly that's just too long to tell. but it is spelled exactly the way you think and uh, you can uh, also get them uh, by email at chaos c-h-a-o-s tech t-e-c-h at shaw s-h-a-w dot c-a anything you can fix he can fix better that's for sure I can't even fix uh, <laughs> my towel rack at home broke your what? TV's still crooked let's wrap this up so I can go fix myself <laughs> All right, <a> drink. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Joining us now is Albert Ruel, who is the coordinator of the Getting Together with Technology program of the Canadian Council of the Blind. Woo! Happy to be here. Thank, thank you, guys. I think Sounds that, like it'll be fun. I think that calls for cowbell. There we go. <laughs> cowbell intro. Speaking of ding dongs, hey. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've covered. Uh, we've covered. Uh, what is is a World Toilet Day? Yeah. Yes. Well, who comes up with these? Is there, so is there somebody in a room somewhere that's just like, <laughs> listen, we need something for every day. So yeah. just yeah. come Probably. up with something. Who came up with Talk Like a Pirate Day? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, somebody's somebody somewhere. Yep. Okay. I, be, I bet you anything, World Toilet Day was, was the guy who came up with it was John P. Crapper. <laughs> well, that we we know about him. He's the, the actual inventor of the toilet. No, he's not. Okay, no, he's not. Nope. Really, I'm getting what? Really, I thought he was. No, no, it's what a, did he do? It's an old wives' tale. Uh, hang on, hey, call me an old wife. How dare you? Hey, who invented the toilet? You're right. Apparently. Apparently right. Welcome to the show, Albert. This is pretty much what the show is. Uh, <laughs> it's a bunch of crap. <laughs> and banter. Uh, and banter. Yeah, exactly. clearly. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's let's uh, let's dig down. Let's 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 talk something <laughs> serious now. Well, Albert is 
a person who has subscribed to the IRA service, and I understand they are called explorers. Now, we've had IRA on the show talking about the service and what the service is, but I wanted to get somebody on the show from Canada who we know who could give us an unbiased you know, review of the service, and that is why he is here. Well, there you have it. Unbiased. Let me think. Unbiased. Can I get are there? You, are you unbiased? <laughs> you, can, you can have your own biases. That's, That's right. <laughs> well, well, in actual fact, and I don't know if you've had a chance to, to listen to the brief podcast that we did yep. when I presented this to the GTT New Westminster Group. And the way I, I, when I talk about this thing with others, I like to sort of compare and contrast it with the Be My Eyes free app app and uh, and service are both free because it's volunteers who answer the call right and um and just from my own perspective you guys uh, what really you know after 30 years of blindness after 30 years of using a white cane and having virtually no access to visual information i've developed a whole lot of strategies and techniques and devices to help along the way and when all of a sudden you have easy and, and immediate access to visual information at your fingertips, it takes it has taken me quite a while to start to shift my mindset back to, oh, this visual information is available to me. I don't have to wait or ignore it or you know carry on without it. And so that's been that's been a really huge revelation for me is having to shift my mind and start thinking back to the days when if I wanted visual information, I just had to open my eyes and look. Well, that's just it. You know, we've had so many different ways of, of labeling, you know, cans or items around the house from, you know, little bump-ons to Braille stickers to pen friends, you know, and now technology with apps is enabling us to, you know, regain kind of a second sight. Exactly. You know. or, or my favorite strategy when I, when I lived on my own, I used to only buy canned vegetables that I liked. I kept them all on one shelf, and I didn't care <laughs> if they were labeled. And so I'd pull out a pork chop and throw it in the frying pan. I'd pull out a tin can of veggies, and I'd pop the thing open, have a little sniff, and say, ah, yellow beans, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now I can actually read the label and decide if I want it's beans or peas. Ryan, why don't we step back for just a second, and yep. just in case uh, there's people listening who actually don't know what the IRIS service is or how it works, can we just give a, like a real quick synopsis of uh, of the service? IRA is a service that has trained agents who assist users of the service who are using an app on a smartphone or a, a pair of glasses that IRA has called Horizon to allow a blind or visually impaired person to, again, see things or identify items or objects in their environment. Yeah. So, I mean, so somebody who's, say, visually impaired would, would subscribe to the IRA service and um, they would ha either have a, an app on their phone um, that can access the, the phone camera or they would have a, a pair of smart glasses that they'd be able to wear. And so if they were out um, you know, somewhere and needed some sort of, uh, of sighted assistance, uh, they'd be able to just, just call into IRA. It would connect to a, a sighted trained agent who would then be able to use the camera right. to um, tell people about the surroundings and 
they'd be able to tell them about obstacles or yep. you know or or what canned vegetable they have in their hand or or anything like that yeah I, and there's actually when you talk about cameras you you guys there's actually three sort of ways you can do it you, if you have a lot of data or if you're primarily using your your service while connected to Wi-Fi in your own home or at work or whatever, then <clears throat> the camera on your on your smartphone can be utilized. And I I often use that when I'm here at home. Rather than fire up the glasses and fire up the little Wi-Fi device, I just simply haul out the camera and make a call or haul up my iPhone and just make a call from the phone and point that camera to right. whatever it is I need. Um, the glasses, uh, you mentioned the Horizon glasses, Ryan. That is a, and there's been a, a very recent change in the pricing structure right? and so on. And so the Horizon glasses now you can purchase. You can either, when you subscribe, you can either add $25 per month. And, and when we discuss these prices, guys, we're always going to be talking about American prices. Okay. So they fluctuate in Canada month to month. So for $25 a month, you can add the Horizon glasses to your subscription instead of the Austria glasses. And, uh, or you can pay, I think it's $600 US out for upfront, and then you own those glasses, they're yours. Um, but the Horizon glasses are connected to a Verizon phone. So it, it's a bit of a different kind of system, but apparently, you know, some of the, the better features of the Horizon glasses is that the camera is in the middle between, you know, you're wearing a pair of glasses still, but the camera is in the center. Right. And there's another additional feature in there called Chloe, which is a little bit like the OrCam. You know, you can take a picture of text and just have Chloe read it to you rather than making a call to an agent. Interesting. And some of those sorts of things. You can talk to Chloe. You can have her raise the volume, lower the volume, make a call. You know, so there's there's a bunch of sort of hands-free functionality with Chloe as well, it sounds like. Cool. Now, now and then, oh. and then I'll just I'll just run through the, the last one. And the, the glasses that I have is called the Austria glasses, which is I, I think it's essentially the, the Google glasses, but it's just a pair of you know plastic sunglasses. Or the the lenses are just plastic, slightly shaded, and the camera is attached to the right arm, the arm on the right hand side of the glasses. Um, so for me, I you know my struggle has been pointing my face mm -hmm. to what I'm looking for and they're always telling me look down and look to the left so apparently you know having to to point this camera at the actual item you know you're trying to have them describe uh is not the same as what i'm used to doing when i just point my face at at somebody that i'm talking to right but anyway so those glasses connect through a little MiFi device that uh, you also carry and all of that connects to the at&t system in the u.s uh, and here in Canada, it's, of course, through Rogers. So Rogers Mobile into the AT&T system, and that's what sends the video feed to the agent when they answer your call. So the big the big question I have about this service is, uh, you know, there, there's the Be My Eye service, there's the Aris service. Um, the big difference that, that's touted between them is training the agents, right? So... Having used both systems, does it make that big a difference that the that the agents are trained? Yes, yes. It's a, 
I mean, I do an awful lot of traveling on my own all over the place and have done for, for the 30 years I've been without sight. And when you get a, a sighted guide who understands the process and understands the kind of information and when it's needed is vastly different than the people who run you into door jams <laughs> because they didn't get that. You know, they're now so, so significantly wider than they used to be with this blind guy on their elbow. And it does make a huge difference. I mean, I've got scars on my forehead and on my knuckles from door jams and posts and and different things. So training is really an important factor. And it's, um, you know, if you've ever watched a movie without descriptive video and then go back and watch the same one with descriptive video, there's a vast difference in how much information you you get to see in your world. And that's part of their training is how to find the important bits, deliver them quickly and succinctly with, uh, with really good and clear language. And, uh, and so, yeah, I've, I've certainly, I haven't used Be My Eyes a lot. And, and the volunteers I have found with Be My Eyes have been, have been very good. But, boy, there's a big difference in terms of training. Well, one of the other things I've heard, too, with Ira, anyway, is that, you know, if you're calling on a regular basis and you have to, you know, feel like you're developing a rapport with an agent, you can request that same agent. I think there's some, I haven't tried that, Ryan. I think there is some limited ability to do some of that. Uh, and yet your profile, the minute your call comes onto their computer screen, their da your dashboard pops up. Right. So your preferences, your likes and dislikes, your needs and, and that sort of thing are just quickly captured there. Right. And that information is available to the agent immediately. You know, so one of the first things they do when they interview you is, how do you want to hear information? Do you want to hear it all? Do you want to hear very little except what you ask for? And you, you sort of rate yourself on a scale of one to five. <clears throat> and, and you can always adjust that. You know, as you're going through something, you can ask more questions. You know, what the heck? We're just wandering down the road here. Why don't you tell me a little bit about what's going on around us? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, ask for less information. So all of that stuff, I mean, it's part of a dynamic interaction with a, with a human being who, who is very interested and, and well-trained to provide you whatever it is you need. So within reason, just ask for what you want. Well, you know, we've, we've certainly talked a lot about the implications of, of IRA and, and, Certainly, I can see a, a real value behind the service for people like yourself who do travel a lot. Um, in fact, to me, um, intuitively, I would think that that's kind of where the most use would be. I would think that around the home, you know, if you literally have to go to your pantry and you, you want to pull out a, a can and you're not sure what it is, I would think that something like a free service like Be My Eyes would be a, a good fit as opposed to, to going through, um, you know, IRA. Um, what, what's your take on that? I, I think I agree with you. That the, um, and, and one of the things I think you'll see in the Be My Eyes website and in, in the sign-up procedure is they'll give you a warning. It, you know, the, the volunteers have not been trained. So be careful what you provide. Yeah. You know, don't take your bank statement and have them read that to you perhaps right you know if you need to know your visa number it it may or may not be wise to call a, a volunteer but with an ira agent they're trained 
They signed confidentiality and privacy agreements with their employer. Uh, I have a, a contractual relationship with the employer. I'm paying them to provide me a service and to provide it in, in a private and confidential way. So if something does go awry, I have, I have that contractual relationship to fall right. back on. And so for me, it, it's that. Certainly, if you want to identify two cans in your pantry, that's pretty, pretty harmless. But if you're wanting to do something more, you know, that requires more privacy and confidentiality, then certainly I, I would trust Ira a lot further than I would unknown volunteers. And, sure. and let me tell you, while I was doing a presentation at um, the GTT Campbell River meeting uh, last month, one of the people in the room, a sighted person who comes in and does some uh, some volunteer work with us at GTT, he decided he would sign up as a volunteer with Big My Eyes, and it took him 10 minutes. Wow. Hmm. And he was signed up. They, they show him a three-minute video if he wants to, to view it, and then that's it. He was done. Wow. That, that's all the training he got. And they said, you know, expect your first call in the next two to three weeks. Yeah. And he started that process and finished it in about 10 minutes while, while the meeting was going on. Hmm. Well, you know, you, you know, I, I think that there's a, there's certainly a place for both services. Um, you Absolutely. know, I, for, for, you know, our big concern when, when we started really um, talking about IRA, at least here in Canada is, um, the data caps, you know, it, mm -hmm. our, our, the cell phone plans here in Canada are, are a lot more restrictive from what I understand than um, the plans in the U.S. So the idea that if you're using um, IRA on a regular basis and you're transmitting, you know, video data um, over your over your phone, you could hit your your data cap relatively quickly, um, which is going to result in in you know again more charges for for people who may be visually impaired who you know they're already paying for the iris service. How have you found that? Like, or what's the the bandwidth been like as a regular ira user for you? That really good question. I'm I'm glad you asked that because this is an important point to clarify. If I'm using my iPhone camera, I'm using my data. If I'm if I'm not connected to Wi-Fi. So if I'm out on the street and I'm using my iPhone, that's the only time I use my data. And what I've found is that about an hour of call time with Ira using my iPhone uses about one gigabyte, just under a, a gigabyte of, of my data. I have mm. five and a half gigs of data on my on my plan. Right. Um, but when you're using the Austria glasses or the Horizon glasses, you're not using your data. Oh, okay. All of that is part of what you paid for in your monthly subscription. So you're, you know, you're making a video call using the glasses. It goes through the MiFi. That's already covered. The only thing you're doing from your iPhone is making a voice over IP telephone call. <laughs> Okay, so and you know my voice over IP call from my iPhone connects with you know what the glasses have sent them, you know that connects in the computer when the agent takes your call. Those two things come together then. And so the data usage, you know, if one is careful, um, just don't use your iPhone unless you're sitting in in a Wi-Fi zone where you've got a good Wi-Fi connectivity. Sure. Uh, use the glasses and it won't cost you anything more. So, and just to clarify, so the, the glasses need to be connected through a Wi-Fi connection. 
or no? They have a little Wi-Fi AT&T box that you get, and that's what the glasses connect to, and then that ties into the Rogers Rogers AT&T network. That's correct. So what I do when I'm going to fire up, I I pull out the little MiFi device and I press the power button. I think I hold it for about five or six seconds. Once I'm sort of comfortable that that thing has connected and it doesn't talk to us, so it, you know you, there is something on the screen, but you know we don't have access to it. And then you press the power button on the glasses. Those things take you know twenty or thirty seconds to connect. And then they will, there's a speech component in the Austria glasses that tell you when it's connected to, to the MiFi device. And then it'll say, Ira, ready for service. Then you pull out your iPhone and make your phone call. And you would, you, there's two choices on the Ira app. You can either make a call through the glasses or make a call through the iPhone. And, uh, you know, if you're connecting with the glasses, you would, you would select the first one, make a call with the glasses. And, um, then the phone starts ringing as soon as you, you tap the connect button. Now, in general, how many times uh, a day do you find you, you're using the service now that you're sort of a regular user? <clears throat> I don't know that I... It depends where I am and what I'm doing. I don't necessarily use it every day. I haven't used it in the last couple of days. Uh, when I was... When did I last use it? When I was in Victoria. Yeah, I, I mean... You know, it depends. Yeah, here at home, I don't tend to use it all sure. that much. Uh, I use it to do my expenses, for example. You know, after a, a trip, I've got a pocket full of all these little expense slips. So what I'll do is I'll set myself up. I get all my expenses set up on the table. I've got to make sure that I've got a placemat that, you know, contrasts with uh, the paper. And I just sit down at the dining room table and um, I call the agent. And I ask them, you know, if we can go through all of my receipts. They get me to either turn it around, turn it over until they can see the print and it's right side up. And um, they'll tell me what the receipt is, the date on it, and the amount. And then they'll, I, I direct them to take a photo of it. And then I ask them to name the photo. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, I ask them to name the photo. So, for example, it might say Oceanside Taxi. October 22nd, the amount was $10.32. And so they'll put the amount in the notes field. They'll put the, the date and the name of the company in the, the file name field. <clears throat> and then that gets saved um, to my inbox in the IRA app. So that when I, I do actually do my expense report, all I have to do is go pull these photos of the receipts into, into the app I use. And, um, and it's all... You know, it's all nice and clean and, and well labeled. Right. Otherwise, I used to try and do that with a scanner, and it would take forever. And you get very poor <laughs> renditions of it. But here, you're using someone who can quickly spot the information you need. You know, right. provide right. exactly what you need, and I can provide a photo of the receipt for the account. It works really, really slick. And I imagine part of that is that you know you've. You know, you've you've been living for years and years and years, um, obviously, <laughs> um, without the IRA service. Um, so you've you've sort of built you know uh, systems in place. Y- yeah, exactly. So you don't necessarily need IRA for that. Well, uh, what I've done, what I'm finding is where IRA can can help me do it more quickly, more efficiently, so that I can move on 
to other things, you know, like this expense thing. I used to spend the entire afternoon doing my expenses. Now it's done in 24 minutes. Right. You know, and, you know, and that's with quite a long list. If I've only got three or four items, gosh, it's, you know, five minutes and we're done. And, and yeah, no, it, it's done very quickly now. And so that I'm not spending two and three hours going through all of this, this nightmare stuff I used to go through. Um, you know, other th- other things that I used to avoid, I don't avoid anymore. Hmm. You know, like I used to contact BC Ferries, make arrangements for somebody to meet me at the at the counter. And even at that, you know, I'd have to recruit a sighted person to, to help me get from the bus, you know, into the ferry terminal and find the, the ticket wicket. Now, the minute I step out of the bus, I'm making a call to an agent, you know, and they get me from where the bus dropped me off into the building right up to the um, right up to the till once i purchase my ticket i carry on down through the door and down that long hallway to the waiting room it's it's all done with absolute ease and and without without any of that stuff that we go through it you know i mean I've, my partner is sighted so certainly i can wander down the hall and ask her you know what's on this piece of paper what's you know, I, I, my computer is not talking to me. Can you tell me what's going on? And every single time I have to do that or I choose to do that, and she's always willing to, to do it, <laughs> and yet she's never just sitting there tapping her toes waiting for me to come around the corner mm-hmm. to ask her another visual question. She always has to stop whatever she's doing, whether that's having a nap, yeah. knitting a sweater, uh, enjoying a quiet cup of coffee, she always has to stop what she's doing to come and provide me the, the visual assistance I'm requiring. These guys, and, and so I walk in with a bit of that guilt. You know, have you got a minute to come mm-hmm. and help yep. me with this right. piece? Sure. So there's, uh, she's not providing any of that guilt. That's just stuff I'm doing in my own head. But I always ask those questions with a bit of that guilt. This service erases all of that it says oh wait a minute i'm paying them to provide this service they're happy to answer the call and so i'm not stopping them from whatever they're doing sure they're they're willing they're and you know it's the same with the bc ferries i mean when i show up at the counter and i ask them for help they'll sort of look around a little bit and um well well well, here hang on a minute let me let me make a, a quick phone call and see if i can get somebody to help you and, and only once have I ever been refused, but they're always, you know, there's always that, oh, dear, well, okay, let's see if we can do something. To... <laughs> and, and so that stuff does sort of eat at, at my guts a little bit. With Ira, that's all gone. I can just pop into a quick phone call. April, I need to get to the, into the ferry terminal. The building's right across this roadway. Can you give me a hand with that? And off we go. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put on my devil's advocate horns here for a minute, just for the sake of uh, of a conversation. But let me ask the room this: so, you know, it's it's a very it's a very different thing, I think, for you to be using the IRA service, being that you've spent you know a lifetime building all kinds of of different skills um, to to overcome you know different different hurdles. Say for a younger a younger person, and say say Ira does become you know ubiquitous. It's just you know everywhere. So for do you think for a, like a younger visually impaired uh, kid, 
who has the IRA service, do you, do you think that there's a, a chance that it might actually deter them from actually building some of these really useful skills because they'll just be able to connect to an IRA agent and, and solve their problem that way rather than building strategies and learning how to build different strategies? That's an interesting thought. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't use IRA just to walk down the street because I've got cane skills and I, you know, my hearing is good and I use the skills I have to get from point A to point B. Now I might use it, you know, like on Douglas street in downtown Victoria, where it's chock-a-block full of, of people and there's buses coming and going. And so in a, in a situation like that, I might use it, but I don't tend to use it where I already have the skills to get there. Um, where I did use it once on Douglas Street was at a, I don't know if any of you know the, the intersection of Douglas and Brudette slash Humboldt, kind of a five-way little intersection there. Yep. So when you're on the east side of Douglas, you you don't just go straight across. You can't just keep your line as you're coming down the sidewalk. You have to angle off to the left, this weird little angle to catch the island in the middle, and then you have to angle off to the right to make your way across uh, uh, Humboldt Street, and that one's always—it's uh, always been a, an intersection that has concerned me. So I—I I had an agent on the line, and I—and they're not. Here's the thing, too, Rob. They're not allowed to talk to us while we're in the street. They're not allowed to tell us that it's safe to cross the street. The only thing they can do is provide me the visual information I, I need. So they're not going to tell me there's nobody coming. Go ahead. They're going to say the walk sign says don't walk. They're going to tell me it's a stop sign intersection. So I still have to use all of my skills to actually make the crossing. But what they can do is help me line up. So I'll turn my body and I'll say, okay, am I lined up with the crosswalk? And they'll say, yes, you are. And then I'll ask them, so what does the walk sign say? And they'll say, it says don't walk. But when it changes, they'll say the walk sign says walk. Then I'll listen for traffic and I'll carry on. So it's not going to replace the blindness skills that we learn, but they'll help us gather the visual information that we need. I see. That makes, um, that makes sense. Yeah. Now, the, other, the other thing we talked about at the beginning of the show or before the show about finding washrooms <laughs> as a blind person, they'll help me find a washroom, but they're not allowed to come in with me. So once I get to the door, the IRA app has a privacy button. And so I, I activate the privacy button, which puts on hold both the video and the audio feeds. But at least, uh, you know, they have helped me get to the washroom door and the right. correct one. And uh, so that, but, but in terms of, of the skills, yeah, I mean, certainly there are people who use it differently. And that, that's the beauty of, of the human condition. Right. You know, I've heard of one lady who had a book on her bookshelf that she wanted to read for years, and she doesn't have it in an alternative format. She actually used her IRA minutes to read that book. <laughs> wow. Now, I wouldn't choose to do that, mm -hmm. but, you know, that's something she chose to do. Sure. Uh, one individual, you know, decided that she would use IRA to decorate her house for Halloween. You know, she... Yeah. She always has to recruit sighted help to do that kind of stuff. This year, now that she's an IRA explorer, she used her time to do that. Well, and I think that's the important thing, you know, to take away is that it, 
like you say, you know, people are using it for whatever their requirements are, whether it's decorating for Halloween or Christmas, or maybe looking up a recipe or, you know, identifying photos or doing your receipts. There's no limit to what you could use the IRA service for. You just have to start using the IRA service. Exactly. And just find ways, try it out. Does Mm -hmm. this fit? Does this feel good? Does this give me the freedom and the independence and and the efficiency I'm looking for so that I can move on to other things? I mean, I haven't done it yet, you guys, but I'm going to try it out in the workshop. I, you know, because I've, I have purchased two talking tape measures. I, like I still, even though I don't have any vision, I still use, you know, radial arm saw and rotors, routers and, and those kinds of things out in the shop to build stuff. But measuring, getting an accurate measurement is, is my biggest, biggest um, limitation. And I've purchased two of these talking tape measures and I can tell you guys, they're made of plastic and they'll bounce across the concrete floor about four times before they cease <laughs> functioning. And they are $150 each. Ouch. So I've got a $300 investment out there that won't say a doggone thing to me. So I'm, I'm tempted. You know, one of these days sure. when I get back out there in the garage and, and start putzing with my projects, I'm going to see how well it'll work having them help me line up my, um, you know, my cut so that I can, I can cut things. Hmm accurately so I, I haven't tried that yet i know whenever i fire up the saws my partner brenda runs like actually leaves the room she doesn't want to be there yeah yeah, yeah we but have this uh, we, we have the same reaction when steve fires up power tools yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well there's that <laughs> i mean my, my sighted father and brothers you know we're missing fingertips and things i i still have all of mine so i'm good to go <laughs> Um, Knock on wood. But, you know, and, you know, the other, just lineups are another one of those nightmares, too, you guys. Like, you know, try and find the lineup in the Starbucks or Timmy's or or wherever. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, one of the, and I'm constantly tapping people on the ankle to see, you know, have they moved yet? Right. You know, where are they? Hmm. Which way did they go? But with the IRA agent, that whole queue thing is so much easier and, and stress-free because you know when the person moves in front of you she'll say you know or, or the, he or she will say okay move ahead okay stop and and i was able to get through a, a coffee lineup at the bc ferry terminal to us and when the first time i tried this and i never tapped anybody in the ankle I, you know i could hear the person at the at the counter the order taker and she told me when the last person you know moved away from the counter and she said okay it's your turn i stepped ahead turned left and and made and placed my order it was magical mm. to be able to do that and and it's actually something i've i've often avoided i've i've always been nervous about carrying a hot cup of coffee in amongst people sure but that day with the ira agent in tow i felt you know, every confidence that I'd be able to do it without having to trip over a little one or spill my coffee on somebody. And, and that, that was a really liberating, really freeing uh, activity that day. And, and also not on that same sort of trip, I, I hadn't realized how much information is around us as we're sort of wandering through the world. But, you know, just walking along, headed for the, the waiting area, she's, she was describing and explaining things that are around us. You know, mm. to your right, there's a huge windows overlooking, you know, a large car park with, you know, many, many vehicles parked there. 
um, she's reading signs, you know, up above and to your left, there's a sign that says, you know, blah, 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 and quack, quack, quack. It, it just, it was really freeing and liberating to be able to just sort of wander through, focus on, on what my cane's telling me, listen to the footsteps around me, and then have her, you know, sort of tell me, okay, sidestep a little left, there's a door coming up, um, you know, that kind of thing. They're just, they're giving you really good, clean, quick visual information that you can use to, to make decisions or just simply enjoy your walk. Do you ever, do you ever want to mess with the agents? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Steve, I'm going to take that under advisement. I haven't yet, but you know, this time, you know, spray, spray Brenda down with a bunch of ketchup and then have her lay still and call them up and say, does she look dead to you? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Oh my God. I wonder if anybody's tried that. I should be first. <laughs> oh my. Would, would you, would you help oh. me com compose my, uh, my murder confession? <laughs> I need you to look up how to dispose of a body. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, you guys would have way too much does, fun with these people. Does, does one of these bags, is one of these bags marked lime? <laughs> but, but you know, one of, uh. one of the statements I've often used is, you know, to make a short story long give it to albert yeah <laughs> and i called up one day because i was tweaking my my resume for um uh for a little project that that i was doing and um i showed up with this eight page document that i had put absolutely everything including my foot size in there and she started looking at this thing and, and she's actually a, a, a professional she works one of her jobs is she uh, she helps servicemen in the U.S. when they leave the services, get back out into the workforce and, and into society. And so this is one of her expertise. Anyway, she managed to pare that thing down to, you know, really fine-tuned and, uh, and from eight pages down to three and only the relevant information. So it was really help, helpful to have her, you know, because I simply called her to help, to get her to help me make it visually appealing. And she helped it make, you know, make it appealing in all sorts of ways. So, lots of great expertise, lots of great information, but messing with them. I, hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, that, leave it to Steve to come up with that. Question. Yeah, yeah my, can you help me write my suicide note? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that'll prompt another call. But no, I, I think I'll, I think I'll avoid that. Yeah, just, just you know, go up a boat uh, twenty stories in a building and. You know, stick the camera out the window and go. Does this fall look like it would kill me? You guys are nuts. Dark. But, but I, it's I, a Monday. I must think about this more. <laughs> well, let, 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 let me ask you this then. Um, what's the reaction from your vantage point? What's the reaction been like in the community uh, for people that that you know and you interact with on a regular basis that have the service as well? Is, is pretty much everybody pretty happy with it as, as you are? I think so, and and yet the the cost I think is the the biggest. Um, yeah, and I want to talk about that prohibitive too. factor. Sure, people are are understanding how how brilliantly this can work, and they see you know because all of us who are blind, I mean, we're constantly asking for visual information from the people around us, or we're you know we we go through our lives frustrated that we can't have access to it because there's nobody around. And, and so everybody gets it, everybody sees it, and then they look at the cost and think, oh, geez, no. Right. And so, you know, my coaching, Rob, is always, if you're not sure, if you think this could be helpful for you, then start by using Be My Eyes. 
get your because the first thing we have to shift is our mindset mm -hmm. right i have to get out of this notion that ah forget it i you know i'll just i'll just do it without that info or i'll just fake my way through it you don't have to do that anymore if you don't want to so start to shift your mindset by finding ways to use be my eyes and then because if this thing gets important enough in your life if that efficiency if that reduced stress if the you know less avoidance starts to happen in your life you know i for me it gives me a little spring in my step it, and it brings more joy to my life and so if you start to notice that happening then perhaps you'll also start to find ways to fit this into your budget because yeah. you know let's face it I, i was a sighted person for for the first 21 years of my life i drove a vehicle for six years and so if if i was sighted today there'd be a, a vehicle sitting out in the driveway right no doubt about it i would find some way of affording <laughs> the cost of operating a motor vehicle and so what i do now as a blind person i find ways to get to where i need to be anyway and it might cost me you know the cost of a taxi and in, in my case with with ira it's the cost of ira every month because it's important to me sure. rather than sit around waiting for somebody to come along it's important for me to be able to get on and get it done and so it's it's a cost i'm willing to bear to a, a limit of course it's not endless what has the feedback been from the gtd groups you've you've demonstrated this to um well so far of, of the people i've sort of introduced to it there's two of them have signed on um and You know, and lots of them, you know, one one gal said, oh, my God, you mean I can organize my spice cupboard? Yeah. You know, because she's not enjoyed asking family for that for that help because of the sort of the grudging way that it's sometimes provided reluctantly. Yeah. So she's she was really thrilled that she'd be able to actually, you know, there's something she's going to start out by using Be My Eyes, but I can actually call up somebody and they'll help me with this willingly gladly and so she was pretty excited about it but the cost certainly is is one of the big factors people What? living on a limited income are going to have a tough time with it sure well and you know let's let's talk a little bit yeah, about, the, about recently, the cost because they just recently yeah, changed, changed them um what what is the what are the, the the plans if you're familiar with that there are essentially three plans and I don't remember exactly what they're what they're called but the first one is $29 per month for 30 minutes per month right okay okay and um, that one you get the Austria glasses if you add $25 a month then you can have the Verizon glasses um, you can't share those minutes right uh, okay and then the, the next one is 120 minutes per month for $99. And again, these are all US prices. I'm not going to bother converting them. Right, sure. So, $99 US per month gives you 120 minutes. Uh, that one is shareable, so you could share those minutes with your your spouse or a friend or your sister or whatever. Um, again, $25 a month add-on, you can you can have the Horizon glasses otherwise it's the Austria glasses you get. And then the next one is 300 minutes And that one, oh dear, is it $199 yeah, per month? I think it's either, that's right. It's either $129 or it's $199 per month. 
for 300 minutes. No, it's got to be the, the 199. Yes, that's right. And I, you know, uh, previously they had had that as their unlimited plan, you know, un unlimited minutes, and they've changed that. They dialed it back to 300, I believe, right? That's right. And the other thing you can do, they have a top-up. For $50 a month, you can buy 50 minutes, of top-up minutes. Now, those used, used to be able to top up on any of the plans. Now, you can only top up on that 300-minute plan. So the, the thinking process there is that if you are on the 120-minute-per-month plan and you're noticing that you're, you're about to run out and you still have this event or this project you want to do, then you can buy a top-up. Well, now, now the only plan you can buy the top-up for is a 300-minute plan if you're a 120 minute plan subscriber they expect that for the one month you will top up by by buying a month at the 300 minute right and then you can go back down to your 120 in the second month um so anyway it, it's a bit convoluted but the best thing people can do if you're interested call up a customer service agent and, and talk it over they used to have four different plans and so they had a 100 minute plan a 200-minute plan, 400, and then unlimited. Right. But they found that uh, that w they weren't going to be able to sustain their their business right. at those kinds of prices. So that's why the adjustment to 300, 120-minute, and 30-minute plan. Well, and being a 24-hour, you know, seven-day-a-week service, having an unlimited plan, I could see a lot of people taking advantage of that, especially the people who travel a lot. You know, that there were really there were a few resources. people who did yeah who who did use lots and lots of minutes but quite a few of us you know didn't use that many so I, I would have thought that it would balance itself out but mm -hmm. they're they're the only ones who have access to their books so yeah we'll go with their opinion on the matter I guess and and I was purchasing the the unlimited plan which was which was three hundred and twenty nine dollars U S per month but I was sharing it with two other people oh, I see. And so we were sharing the cost, and all three of us had access to unlimited. And I think that's what was freaking them out. Yeah. Right, that personally. Makes, totally makes sense now. Yeah. I can so see where they I, that. so what they've done for those of us who were on those legacy plans, um, I, as long as I do it before the end of this month, I can step down to the the previously higher plan, which was 400 minutes, although that's not available to new explorers. For those of us who have been on the, on the books for a while, we can step down to that, I think. And what they've done with the unlimited plan, if I decide to stick with it, and, I, and I'm, I'm able to stick with it, even though nobody else can buy this plan now, I can stick with it, but I'm now limited to 700 minutes. I'll, I'll keep paying the same price, that's you know, 329 US, but my limit is 700 minutes. And as long as I stay on that plan, I can keep it. But if I ever step out of it, I can't step back in. So definitely the key would be to shop around, you know, especially for cell phone providers and data. You know, I'm with Rogers and on a regular plan, you know, traditional, typical plan, uh, 90 bucks a month gives me only two gigabytes of data. Yeah. You know, well, I, check, check with Rogers. You might be able to get two additional uh, blind folks or people with disabilities with some of the big carriers like I was, I'm paying for three and a half gigabytes of data, shared data between my partner and I. And I heard that 
TELUS, uh, I'm with TELUS Mobility, I heard that they and Bell and I think Rogers offer people with disabilities an additional two gigabytes for free because of all the GPS and, mm. and all the navigation we use. And so I called up TELUS and, and I asked about it and you know they quickly topped me up to five and a half gigs at no more cost. Yeah, I actually called Rogers on that as well because they say that on their website too under, under their accessibility stuff and because I'm already on a loyalty plan, they won't do it. So you should ask for a manager. I, I have. I've got a year oh, left on my Rogers. contract, and I'm I'm ditching Rogers. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you know, for for any of us who who need a little extra top up, just check with your provider, see if you can get those additional right. two gigs at no extra cost. Well, there's and, other companies and too. And also, yeah. you know, like I'm with Shaw Cable, and so I have a lot of these Shaw free Wi-Fi spots all over the community. Right. So as long as right. I'm connected mm -hmm. to one of those, I can make I can make an Iowa call on my phone using that using right. Wi-Fi. It right, doesn't right. cost yeah. you a thing. Yeah. yeah, and you know, and uh, and think about about the plans and how are you going to use it too if if you're going to experiment with this, because when I walk from the bus onto a, a BC ferry, that's a 30 minute call going on, and it's about a 30 minute call coming off. So I'm going to use it just going to Vancouver. I'm going to use an hour of call time. Right. Right. Sure. So, you know, 30 minutes, if you buy the the uh, introductory plan at uh, $29 a month for 30 minutes, boy, uh, 30 minutes goes pretty quickly. Yeah, Just doing my imagine. expenses is, you know, 10, 10 to 15 minutes when yeah. I'm doing that. Hmm. I came out of the uh, Civic Center here in Parksville once. Uh, you know, and this, this is a, an event, uh, a place I've gone to many, many times, but always either with Lions members or I go there with Brenda, I'm I'm always going there with a sighted person. But this particular day, I just got dropped off there and coming out, I didn't have a clue how to get from the doors of the Civic Center out to the street. I could hear the traffic over there, but I had to navigate a parking lot to get there. Hmm. And I had never done it before without without sighted assistance and usually to get into, to get into a, a motor vehicle. This day, I just called up an agent and said, okay, here I am, I'm trying to get to that street over there so that I can walk home and you know took it was a three minute call to get that agent to navigate me through that parking lot without scratching any fenders <laughs> right. and uh, right out to the uh, to the sidewalk and away I went hmm. so there's lots of lots of ways but we have to just be confident that it works and um, and, and that they're always available 24 7 it definitely sounds like it's a very valuable service you know for what you're using it for and for you know others that we keep hearing news stories about as well it's it's changing their lives it is and we don't have any access zones um, in canada as yet right but in the u.s That's there's right. all kinds of places where you can use this airports for free yet yeah, you're not of, using your minute <clears throat> that's right a lot of airports uh, i know the wagman's uh walgreens uh chain yeah. yeah, a lot of grocery stores are, are sort of jumping on board. One of the football sure. stadiums recently joined up. And honestly, exactly. it, it makes perfect sense, right? As as a business, you know, that's how you you can you can attract a whole new demographic to your to your business by by offering this for free. So sure, and and you know, any of the blind folks who might be listening to this this podcast, download the app. It's free, and if you have occasion to travel through any of these airports in the U.S. or, or attend any of these, you know, Wegmans or Walgreens or any of these. Uh, Lighthouse Incorporated, I think several of their their locations are access zones as well. You don't even have to be a subscriber to use that access zone. You just have to download the app. When you get into SeaTac Airport, just 
you know, call up uh, using one of these access zones, and um, and you're using CTAX minutes. So you don't even have to be a subscriber for some of these some of these specialty things. If you're looking for work and you need help checking the want ad, they've got a, a free program for people, you know, uh, employment related supports. Uh, if you own your own business, there's a couple of companies. Um, one of them is an accounting software company, uh, QuickBooks. You know, so if, if you own your own company and you, you need some cited support to do to do a task, you can call up, uh, you know, hmm. where you're not using your minutes, you're using theirs. Wow. Uh, if you're doing a demo, uh, if you're showing Ira to to a group of people, you can use 15 minutes for free. I think you have to be an explorer to do that, though. But, but anyway, you know, look on their website, aira.io, and uh, and have a look at all the plans and all the free the free access zones that are available and that kind of thing. So there's there's lots of ways for people to test this out if they want. Yeah, I mean, I have to give Ira that uh, the company of itself. I mean, they they've just done brilliant marketing. Um, over the past year to really get get a lot of traction under the product and get a lot get it into a lot of people's hands and you know getting a lot of these uh, companies on board um, with providing these access points uh, they they really know what they're doing and uh, you know and, and I think I think Ryan's absolutely right you guys are, are right on on point that it, it is a really incredibly powerful and valuable service um, I, you know, I, I just think it's, it's, it's kind of unfortunate that just built into the, the nature of, of how powerful the service is, is this price point that's just going to be um, a bit of a problem for some people, you know, like, a, but, but that's, you know, that's sort of the, the double-edged sword that assistive technology is, is that, you know, it can be incredibly powerful, but it can also be, you know, incredibly expensive uh, as a result. So... But so it's, it's all about the priorities we set in our own lives, isn't it? Sure, you know, absolutely. Who, who said I'm because I'm blind? I, I I should be sitting around waiting for the right opportunities. If I you know if I've got the funds to purchase sure. um, the resources I need. And the other thing too is you know they've recently hired Jonathan Molson, who's very well known That's in the right. blind community as a, a VP of. Uh, Austria, Asia. Oh, I can't even. Australasia, yeah. Australasia, you know. So, what do you guys think about about that as a um, as a step forward, backward, side step? What do you guys think? No, I think that's definitely a step yeah. forward. <laughs> Adding Jonathan to any project is is going to be a plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's you know he he's been in the industry a long, long time. He's got a, a reputation that you know, as far as I'm concerned, is you know, far and above, you know, many others in the industry. And he's well respected. You know, he, he is, you know, in some ways, a voice of the blind. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think he will certainly help them step up the game. And I think we're already seeing, I don't know if we can attribute it all to, to Jonathan, but certainly since Jonathan has come on, they're making some, some pretty significant changes in their processes. Yeah. They're trying to streamline things, make them better, make them more efficient for, for the the end user so you know i think we're, we're going to see some good things with jonathan on in the on the team well they're employing blind people as well greg stilson who used to be with humanware is working for ira as well so mike right. um who's the guy uh the 9 11 there the guy with the thunder oh. dog wrote uh, the book thunder dog mike hinkson yes right yep he, he works for them as well 
Yeah, that's yeah, right. No, we, we had him on the show, that. I think. No. Yes, we did. Thunderdog? No. Well, we didn't have the dog on, but... <laughs> <laughs> we had, I'm pretty sure we had. I don't remember. Uh, yeah. Maybe we did. Anyways, no, anyways. So they're doing some good things, and yeah. I think, you know, I'm just going to stick with it a while, as long as I can afford it. You know, in my case, my employer picks up a part of the tab. I'm picking up part of the tab. I've got a couple of people on the on you know sharing my minutes with me so it you know i found a way to to make it affordable but now with the new price structure those uh, those opportunities are gone so 300 minutes is the best you can do well, and then you know 50 dollars top up you know the more that we advocate for ourselves in the blind community to get sure. more companies to put in more of these access zones sure you know I, i'm certainly dying to see bc ferries do it with all their terminals yeah. I know I know three other blind people who avoid traveling on their own because it's such a freaky place to, to do. It's such long, long walks to get to get to anywhere and, and convoluted little hallways and yeah. so yeah. you know, you make that an access zone and I, I can point to three people who will start to use the ferries a lot more. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think I get the sense that that really they're just really starting to to build a bit of traction here in Canada. Um, I think they still have a, a ways to go, um, but I think that once they do get that traction, I think that hopefully we'll we will start seeing some Canadian companies and um, you know agencies, etc., uh, jumping on board and and grabbing these or providing these access points as well. But I think that Oops. there's it just needs a little bit of of time in the oven before they're they're ready. Yeah, for that. and and I've chatted with their salespeople too, you guys, and and I've said so. How can we make this happen here in Canada? And you know, I mean, if we can identify a company or a corporation that we would like them to approach, then by all means, give them that info. But also, we as as blind consumers, we need to make the call. Like the request for it needs to come from both ends. We need sure. to band together as blind Canadians and, and ask for this service to be provided by some of these corporations and, you know, drug stores and grocery chains and all the rest of it. Right. Um, why don't we give a little plug to GTT? Get together with technology. It's the most fabulous <laughs> peer mentoring uh, opportunity available in Canada. Isn't it? Wow. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the Canadian Council of the Blind, uh, we offer a couple of sort of new programs across Canada. One, of course, is the Get Together with Technology program. The other one is uh, Health and Fitness. Uh, and, you know, there are a couple of sort of new ways to engage blind Canadians so that we can um, we can help each other and support each other as we determine, you know, what technology do I need to get this, this goal achieved? And once I buy this $1,000 piece of something, how the heck do I learn how to use it? And so get together with technology. We just provide face-to-face opportunities for people to come together in, in many communities across Canada to just help each other out, listen to a presentation on technology, you know, ask questions, and, and just learn. You know, the very first GTT meeting I went to, I was frustrated, and I said to the, the gang that was gathered, I said, you know, on my iPhone, every time I... I go to forward an email message. I hate that I can't remove all of that junk at the top, all that header info. And one of the young fellas in there said, oh, my God, Albert, you don't know that you can delete. So he, he quickly, in about three minutes, coached me on, <laughs> on moving my cursor to the top of the text I wanted to keep. And then just double tap and hold on the delete button, and it erases everything above it. 
And I thought, oh my God, how long have I been frustrated with this little <laughs> task? And it was that easy to figure it out. So it, that's the power of, of bringing a bunch of blind folks into the room, you know, other than, you know, things like flush toilet apps that we might talk about. There's some really important stuff that we'll do as well. Uh, and that's where, GTT. And where, and where can people find out if uh, there's a, a GTT meeting in their area? I try and post all of the meeting invitations that I get my hands on on our blog site, which is gttprogram.blog. Gttprogram smushed together.blog. And uh, I post summary notes whenever we get them from the, the folks who do the meetings. Uh, we'll, we'll put up as many summary notes as we can on what was discussed at that particular meeting, but we definitely put the invitations up there. And we also have a, a national conference call that we do once a month. Uh, for mm -hmm. those who don't live in a city where there's a GTT meeting, um, we have a, a GTT support email distribution list on groups.io. It's called GTT support at groups.io. Um, and, uh, you know, there we just, we encourage people to just come together and chat, and talk about, ask the questions. If you found some really cool, funky thing that, you know, you want to share with the gang, go ahead share it on there let's let's have a discussion about what works and what doesn't yeah and it's interesting i've been on a couple of the, the national conference calls and you know there was one i was on where a gentleman was talking about his um self self-driving lawnmower oh yeah those yeah. Uh, electric uh, what do you call those self-driving um, that sounds like a bad idea <laughs> It's not, it's not a remote control lawn because it just yeah, it just, just does like, its own thing yeah. it wanders all over the yard oh, just like a Roomba a that's a yep. terrible idea yeah, yeah it was very cool we should not build AI into anything with rotating <laughs> blades well no this thing's very safe if you're standing yeah, in the sure. yard it'll, it stops it'll come and... up against your foot and stop yep. until it gets homicidal on you <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and the thing about a device like that the panel on the actual lawnmower is not accessible right but the app is yeah the smartphone app is largely uh, accessible. And if yeah. not, you could use your IRA minutes and call up and say, what's my screen on my lawnmower say? Yeah, it says, exactly. It says, yeah. die, human, die. That's what it says. <laughs> <laughs> exterminate, yeah, she's gonna exterminate. Say, Wait, is that your neighbor carrying the lawnmower down the road? Yeah. I think, Rob, I think Rob's a little scared about this whole AI world we're, gonna, we're about to enter into. Ryan, I'm scared of everything. <laughs> He's scared you know, of VR, be... AI, Pandemics, you know, it's forest fires, climate change, vaccination, common cold, the earthquake that's coming. Yeah, Yellowstone National Park's about to explode with a super volcano. That's right. Uh, I want. No, you've, you've got to go read that book called Cascadia's Fault. If, if you're not freaked out enough, just go oh read god. That book. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to go put, put together a new earthquake kit <laughs> <laughs> after all this. Uh, no. <laughs> Um, oh, well, poor Rob. We didn't mean to scare you today, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hey, listen. Uh, thanks so much for joining us and, and chatting about Ira. It's, it's, we've been waiting a while to actually talk to somebody who's been on the ground using it, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it it's sounds like it's just as an, ama as an amazing service as we kind of thought. So, game changer. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, you know, listen, we'll uh, we'll also be sure to provide uh, any any links to the Ira website where people can look up. Uh, uh, what's available in the area and all the subscription plans as well. And uh, yeah. Sounds good. All right. Thanks well, again, I th Albert. I thank you for this opportunity, guys. Thank you, Albert. Thanks all right. Let's, let's chat again. All right. You bet. Bye. All right. Take care. 
Well, that's that was interesting. Um, talking to somebody who's actually using it. Um, yeah. It doesn't sound like you know the the marketing pieces that we have been seeing, uh, you know, have been that far out of the park. It sounds like it's it's just as revolutionary as as the you know they make it out to be. So. Yeah, and you know your mileage will vary. You know we we do have to say there have been you know some connectivity issues with people, and that could just be the areas they live in. That's, you're going to have knows, that, right? No yeah, matter what, exactly. Well, any any technology that's based on cellular Wi-Fi services yep. sooner or later going to have a, a connection issue. I mean, sure. Look, look at what happened in our our interview with Albert there. You know, yep. part way through the internet decided it was going to go hokey and yeah, you know, yeah. So for a couple of minutes, we couldn't hear him. You but, know, but really, I think the the big the big hurdle right now at least here in canada i i again is this the bandwidth yeah you know if yeah you know you're looking at you're looking at a dollar a minute for the subscription itself and then you're looking at like i'm gonna say most people are on are on data plans of around a gig but even like that's reasonable like yes yeah, unless you're, you know, like Freedom Mobile has, I think, like 5 and 10 and 25 gig plans you can get for, you know, the same price, if not yeah. less, than the big three companies. But like Albert was saying, you know, Shaw has all these Wi-Fi hotspots all over the place. So if you're using Wi-Fi, it's not costing anything except your subscription cost. Yep. Right. So, I mean, I guess you have to be, you have to be careful about that because mm-hmm. that can really spiral out of control oh, in terms sure. of cost because you're paying for the subscription and you've also got to keep a, an eye on your on your data caps. So, I mean, that's really the only downside I can see to this. Um, I think it's, a, you know, it's an incredible service, but for somebody who is on a fixed income or, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's a tough. Well, it's it, like priorities. You know, like Albert said, you know, how many of us, of us who are blind have Netflix subscriptions? You know, how many of us that are blind have, you know, cell phone plans? How many of us, it's all priorities. What's important to you and how important is it? Right. Yeah. If you're a sighted person, you probably got a car. You know, and you make that a priority. It's a priority purchase. You right, have to have sure. a car to get from A to B. Sure. So, yes, indeedy. And again, you know, I think, like he was saying, if the thirty-minute plan might get your foot, you know, dipped into the get your toe dipped in the water, get you a brief experience with it, but that's not going to carry you very far. Yeah, and that's you know, see, thirty that's minutes would get eaten up so quickly. Thirty thirty dollars a month is a big expense. Mm-hmm. Um, U.S. Yep, that Four, would be about forty forty forty. Yeah. Forty in a bit, you know. And if if you're on a thirty minute plan, and that doesn't even really start to to cut it in terms of of what you need it for, um, yeah, it could be a tough sell for some people. So hopefully, maybe what they can you know eventually do is they can figure out a way to make that price point a bit more appealing to people. And I think the way to do that would, would be go to offer up a, a pay as you go plan. Or like you know, like you said, if you're using it at home, use the Be My Eyes app. Because that's not costing anything. That's right. You know, if you're going to be out and about and you want some, you know, trained agent to be able to tell you the menu on the Starbucks board, Starbucks board, or, you know, whatever it is, you know, then go with the Iris service and use some of your minutes. Yeah. But, yeah. You know what? I, I think that that's a really good point. I think that that's really probably where the sweet spot would be for, for somebody who is visually impaired is sign up for the, the 30 minute plan, the base plan. And and use it sparingly, and then you know use something like Be My Eyes. That's a that's a free service that you know again you're not going to get the quite the quality perhaps, um, but it but it would serve a purpose if you're at home or if you're you're in a situation that it. And Albert's you know review that we're going to link to, you know I've I've listened to it and it's very good. He does a live call to both Be My Eyes and to Ira, 
and you get an idea of you know how well each of them work and I highly recommend people take a listen to it because yeah. you know yeah. it does give you give you the experience but the big important thing is just to get the word out there that these yep. things are out there and they exist and uh, they're incredibly powerful tools so I got cans in my fridge over there I don't know which are iced tea which you, are beer you, you know? didn't even know that your tarantula tequila was sitting out outside the fridge because <laughs> you, you guys are sighted never put anything back no that was oh. <laughs> Seriously. Don't pawn that my bad. off on us. It's <laughs> my not, bad. How many times have you left a cup of coffee on my table? Seat. Once. Uh-huh. Maybe twice. But you did it. <laughs> and who almost talked it over? The blind guy. <laughs> See? I, I could have used BYs. I think, I think we'd better wrap this thing up. It's getting <laughs> it early. It's Monday. So That's right. <laughs> All right. Hey, Ryan. Rob. Where can people find us? ATBanter.com. They can also drop us an email if they so desire. ATBanterPodcast at gmail.com. And speaking of which, which, let's talk a little bit about uh, some a new segment that we're going to try to do. A new segment. We're going to do a new segment. Yeah, we're going to do new. I, 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 listen, I want to try. I want to try a segment where we answer people's questions. All right. Anything AT related? You got a. You, you want to talk about a new technology? You want us to discuss a new technology? You want to ask a question about something? Hey, look. Even if you have a technical question about. How do I pair a braille display with my screen reader? Or whatever, anything. Accessibility. How do I increase the magnification on my CCTV? How do I turn on my Victor player? That's right. Any, where where are the bottoms of grandma's arms so droopy? <laughs> <laughs> How do I cook a turkey? <laughs> At this point, we're desperate. We'll take anything. We can answer all of those questions. So drop us a line, ask a question, and uh, chances are you'll get it read on the air and we'll do our best to answer it. Or we'll just get Google to answer it. No, we're not going to get Google to answer it. Okay, well, let me ask you this. In Australia, when you flush a toilet, does the water flow the other way than it, it does in North America? Yeah, yeah it does. Does Absolutely. it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Does it? Yeah. yeah. All right, see. See, boom. I learned something. Boom. There. See? These guys are knowledgeable. We can help you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we finished on the theme of... We, Toilets. <laughs> where else can people find AT Banter? Nobody? Oh, I'm, I'm Steve I'm pretty quiet. So. Here, 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 here Steve. we are. Sorry, you just, you we're just so knowledgeable. Gear, you shifted gear, you freak. <laughs> well, you can find AT Banter on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. 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 So, so go there right now. Email us. Leave us a comment. Rate us on iTunes. Send us a tweet. Get to work. All right, that's going to about do it for us this week. Big thanks to Albert Ruel for joining us today, and uh, see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H.com or call us toll-free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com. Whoa, look at that. Master of the one take.